0: What's going on through our church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way it has blessed our house this past Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You may be seated today. Oh, yep. Thank you for that. Um, so, so, some of you know me, some of you know Lori, the better half. Lori, will you come up here? How many remember her she she always gets the bigger the bigger applause
1: Good morning, love you so happy to be here today. We love yes. you we always do we always have and always will so happy yes. to be here today yes
0: so thank you, Lori we are we are blessed to uh, still be a part of the Thrive family you can't get rid of us that easy we're still part of the family and um, I have a picture, actually, I think. Uh, We didn't get it up there. I I didn't give it to them first service. But there it is, second service. There's our family right there. Can you guess which one's my favorite? The one I'm holding. I ain't holding no one else up. Except that is Baby Brave. Brave is our uh, first granddaughter. Uh, in our part of the Baca clan, and um, we are all together there um, where it's green. (laughs) There in the great PNW, the great Pacific Northwest, where we all are at the same church. Um, Some of you know uh, Canaan. He was here a few uh, weeks ago, I think, leading worship for your great youth conference. Um, He and his wife, Emily, um, are pastors on staff at the church. Uh, Lori and I are on staff, and they're my kids, so um, we are um, doing our best up there. We miss you, though, family. We miss you, Thrive family, and uh, so it is very, very good to be home. Um, it's been wonderful because uh, we dreamed lots of dreams when we first came to Lathrop. Lori and I came before y'all were big stuff here in Lathrop. Um, two exits and, uh, it was on your way to somewhere else. That's what Latham used to be. And Lori and I came and we dreamed lots of dreams. And by the grace of God, we saw so many of those dreams come to pass. And, um, and so, um, but not all the dreams were fulfilled when we were here. And now we are seeing the dreams we dreamt now being realized, um, after we're gone. And so I just want to acknowledge and honor all of your pastors um, and your uh, board of direct- directors, your, your board, because um, you have something very special here um, at Thrive. But in particular, I think we need to honor Pastor Chris and Vanessa, who have done just an amazing, amazing job. Yes, they've done such an amazing job. And um, we can't be more proud of them. Um, What God is doing through them and who they are. And uh, there are times when Pastor Chris will call and say, Hey, Pastor Eric, what do you think about this or that? And I love hearing his heart. I love hearing his heart. Because it's always about serving people better. It's always about caring for the brother or caring for the sister or caring for the one that's coming. So just very proud of you, Pastor Chris, you and Vanessa. Amen. So they brought the old guy back to preach. So I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we read God's word. And I'm going to take you to Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to read about the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 through 16. Jump to verse 22. And then um, keep your Bibles open because we're going to stay in the passage um, here for the next 25 minutes or so. Um, but God's word reads like this. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation. Verse 15. I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are what? Neither what? I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now verse 22. Whoever has ears. Let them hear. Read it with me. What the spirit says to the churches. Lord thank you for your word. Pray, Father, you'd prepare our hearts that you would have your way in this house. This house is made up of individual people. So have your way in every heart so you could have your way in this house. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Make us like you. Make us healthy, well, and ready. In Jesus' name, the Thrive Family says, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. And the title of the message is you are born to be the difference. Someone say be. You were born to be the difference. The longer I go about this, the more convinced I am that I'm alive for a reason. I'm here for a reason. At 17, I should have died from a heart condition. I'm here for a reason. There's been times when Lori's been driving. I should be gone, but I'm here. Just (laughs) kidding. Just kidding. Don't get mad. But I'm here for a reason to preach it. I'm here, right? How many know what I'm talking about? You grab the handle here. You put the leg up. You're not sure. Here for a reason. You were born to be the difference. I don't care what someone said. Some, some, Dad in a fit of rage or some mom under the stupor of alcohol bed told you you're a mistake. There are no mistakes like that. God saw fit to give you life. And he imbued you with qualities and characteristics and a purpose. You have a purpose. You were born to be the difference. Not make a difference necessarily like an act. Like on a good day. But to be made of the stuff. To have the work of the Holy Spirit in you to get you to the point where you are the difference. Yeah. That when people hear you, when, it's, when everyone's losing their minds, you have a calm quality about you. Yeah. When there's great disappointment in the workplace that does affect your paycheck, why are you still joyful and at peace? When you lead your children in the way they should go. And they rail against you because their friends do this and that and the other. But you stay firm to the path. You are the difference. You are the difference. God's called you to be the difference. The reason Lori and I came here and, and so much of the joy of leading this house for the time that we did is that we felt like this church was to be the difference in this city. It would be the difference in the city. That we, would, that we would be salt and we would be light and we'd be a lighthouse. That we'd be a, 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 a light in the dark and we'd be a prominent voice of sanity and truth in the city. And God wants to keep thrive this way. So when we read the church, about the church of Laodicea, I'm telling you, you're not the church of Laodicea. You're not lukewarm. Don't worry. But I came to warn you so you don't become the church of Laodicea. Yeah, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Some people don't like that verse. It makes it seem like God is mean or intimidating or whatever. But I want you to know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because when we fear missing out on God's plan. When we're, when we're uh, concerned afraid to displease him not because he'll punish us but because he's good to us when we're afraid to miss his plan for us because his plan is best the fear of the lord are you following me the fear of the lord you can't it isn't to fear him like a terrible god he died for us so we don't fear him like a monster we fear him like the one who doesn't want to miss out The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. Why? Because when we're afraid to miss out, we get attentive. Anyone have FOMO? Fear of missing out. If you're the one that always got left, they didn't come pick you up. We've got a dog that hates the car. He's a 90-pound dog. He's the biggest dog I've ever owned. He's my favorite family member big dog, he hates the car but he hates us leaving more than the car so he'll jump in the car, Lori says he's got FOMO and as soon as we start getting ready, we get our keys he's like he's not afraid of me, he's afraid of me leaving him he wants to get in the car with me the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom what am I missing? Am I good? God, are we good? Am I with you? Am I in line line with you? God wants you and this house to be the difference in the city. And as we look at this text, we can learn from it. We can can glean wisdom from it. We can begin to maybe identify some some, um, mission drift of our own lives. Maybe some spiritual drift in our lives as we look at this. And the way that the Lord ends his admonition to the church of Laodicea, I want to begin my admonition to you. We can learn a few things about how to, how to stay effective. How to stay the difference. And the first one is that to be, to be an effective Christian, to be the difference, we have to remain spirit-led. We have to remain a spirit-led people. A people that are led by the Holy Spirit and his word. Not a people that uh, considers the voice of God, whether in our hearts or through his word, as one of several opinions. The word of God to us is not a great tradition. It is the truth. He is not a great leader, great teacher. He is God himself. Who died for us. And he gave us himself, the Holy Spirit, to lead us, to convict us, to empower us, and to direct us. We need to be a people that are spirit-led. He says here, he says, he who has ears to hear, let them what? Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, nowadays, there's all kinds of voices, Um, all kinds of voices, and we're inundated with information. One of the great um, fractures of society that that has caused us to suffer the last eight, 10 years through political unrest, social unrest, a pandemic, is that we don't know who to believe anymore. What news channel, what news source What social media person are we going to listen to? Everybody's voice now has become untrustworthy. And it's thrown us into a a frenzy, a a frantic uh, place where, where do we get our truth on such things like politics or vaccines or Israel and Palestine? Where do we get our sources? What about this economy? What are we doing? Where do we we get our direction from? And because for decades, for generations, there were trustworthy news sources and we no longer know who to trust, we've been conflicted and fractured and people pledging allegiance to CNN or Fox News. We have to be true to the word of God. We have to be a spirit-led people, not a politically-led people or a socially-led people, but a spirit-led people. And let me tell you, friend, the churches, now I I have the privilege of, uh, uh, when I say Thrive is special, it's because I see churches that aren't anymore. I'm called on to help pastors and, and uh, lead their churches to places. They dream, pastors dream what you see here at Threat. And they're wanting that for their community. They're wanting that for their, their churches. They're wanting that for their teams. What you have here is special. It's special. It's a spirit-led house, and it needs to stay that way. And the churches that are healthy and vibrant and generous and forgiving... And loving and spirit led, there's no weapon formed against us that will prosper. And family, you are the difference, you are the evidence of God. People moving into this community who have tasted of the world and seen its craziness and, and tried to be as uh, open-minded and as accepted as possible and spiraled them down to confusion and and, and 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 discouragement and depression and anxiety. They're looking for what their parents had or their grandparents had. And this place needs to be ready for them. Healthy and full of lights and full of love and full of generosity and, and full of uh, um, compassion. That this is a place for whosoever because it's led by the Holy Spirit, not by an agenda. There was um, an occasion where this private in the army went to his doctor, and his doc- to his doctor there in the army base. And he said, I, I want to quit smoking. I'm up to like three packs a day. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. What, what, what do I do now? And the, and the doctor, seeing his heart, he said, you see how many bars I have on my sleeve? And the private said, yeah, two bars. What does that mean? It means you're a captain. He, and the doctor says, so what I tell you is an order, correct? He says, yes, sir. He says, I order you to stop smoking that's an order. And the soldier quit smoking. He couldn't smoke. The soldier went to his doctor to see his doctor, but he ended up seeing his commanding officer. Some of us have gone to God to be our savior and our healer, and he wants to be your Lord. Lord. He wants to save you, and he wants to heal you. But he wants you to follow his commandments. That we are led by him. That we don't just walk with him. We are directed by him. The effective church is spirit-led. Not emotionally led. Spirit-led. Y'all can't trust your emotions. Just follow your heart. Where? You done done that and paid the price. All kinds of scars on your life. Follow your heart. So dumb. I'm going. Pastor Chris said, go ahead. I'm going ahead. It's silly. It's silly. It makes for a cute song. Maybe a movie. Follow your heart is nonsense. Nonsense. We don't even know what our heart's going to think tomorrow. You're thinking sushi. You're going to end up at Mexican this afternoon. Can't trust your heart. No, we need to follow. We need to trust the Lord. We need to follow God. The effective Christian, you will be effective if you're spirit led. So Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches." I want you to know that according to what the Lord tells his church here in Revelation chapter 3, is that the effective Christian remains useful. The effective Christian is spirit led, and the effective Christian is useful. Is useful in his hands. He writes this, or he says this He says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i wish you were either one or the other so because you are what neither hot nor cold i am about to spit you out of my mouth now i've heard this preached a lot of different ways and the most popular way you know as i grew up in my life was that God wants you either to be hot for him or just be cold and deny him. And I'm like, okay, amen. And then I realized, I don't know. Does that make any sense? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know what? That's really not what it means. That's not what it means. The Laodicea was a very affluent city. Powerful, cosmopolitan city. In fact, they had at one point suffered a devastating natural disaster and they rebuilt their own city without the help of the government. They denied the help of the government. We got it. They were a well-resourced city, but they did not have real good water sources, natural water sources. But not too far away was this other city called Hierapolis. Hierapolis actually had lots of phenomenal water sources, including hot mineral springs. And because the, the, the city of Laodicea had resources, they actually built aqueducts from Hierapolis to Laodicea so they could get some of this good water from that city. And so the, uh, those in Laodicea, they understood very acutely what the Lord was saying about water is that you could have the hot springs, the hot water with its minerals that people would go and they would drink or they would sit in for arthritis, aches and pains, skin conditions. And that hot mineral water would, would be um, like a salve, uh, like a balm to their bodies, to their skin. Or you would want cold, refreshing water if you're hot and you're thirsty. But nobody likes lukewarm water. So the Lord says, I wish you were either hot and medicinal or cold and refreshing, but you are not useful. You become for practical, every practical purpose, good for nothing. So I'm just going to spit you out. They'd lo- they, were, they were losing their Effectiveness. They were no longer making a difference. What is it that God has given you, equipped you, blessed you with? What is it that he's uniquely empowered you to do? Who do you know that, that, that needs the truth? Who can you talk to that they would not listen to a Pastor Eric or a Pastor Chris, but they'll listen to you. They'll listen to you. God wants us to be effective. In order to be effective, we have to be useful. Are you following me, family? In order to be effective, we have to be spirit-led. We have to remain useful. And the third one that the Lord addresses here is that the effective Christian remains, can you read it with me? Dependent. Reliant. On him. This is how he puts it, and I love it. He says, You say, Jesus tells him, You say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, that you do not realize that you are what? Wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I mean, he gave him the what for. Look at that. Oh, you think you're muy muy. Oh, you think you're going to Sizzler and everything. That's fancy for me. I don't know. He says, but you're wretched. You're pitiful. Pity the fool. He pities the fool. Pitiful. You're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. You don't even know. Friend, I, we were here before in and out Okay. He got a Panda Express. We didn't have nothing. Fancy new high school, River Islands. Tesla's here, isn't Tesla here? Come on. This is now, okay, when I got here it was no one knew what it was. Now it's the Greater Bay Area. When I was here, there were more tumbleweeds than people. I ain't even lying. You don't know how many were here. Anyone remember the tumbleweeds? You remember the tumbleweeds? We drive to church avoiding the tumbleweeds. Bro, You're laughing. I'm being honest. Remember, babe? Remember? And the trains from the pit. And they'd always stop here Lathrop. Cause they don't think no one lives here. Blocking the road. You don't know. Now, okay. What else is here now? Sprouts. I mean, Yuppieville here. What the heck? Y'all made it, Sprouts. We used to have to grow our own sprouts. crazy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let us not fall in love with the things of the world. Now it's good. You're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. It's good. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Y'all better be giving. Don't get me started. Pastor Chris didn't ask me, but I'm about to get those envelopes ready. Okay. Don't fall in love with the world. No, no, no. Stay dependent on God. Because look, it's so cool. I remember though, so I'm so proud. Because I was here when like, it was like not good cars. And then all of a sudden there was Teslas. And there was like nice cars. A friend, uh, one of the members said, I'm going to take on the Tesla. Scared me to death. Zero to 50, like in three seconds. It was like a spaceship. Right? I love, I love how the Lord was blessing, blessing but, but let me tell you, you're going to leave it all here. It's totally cool. Enjoy it. But, but don't love it. Enjoy it. Don't love it. We're going to leave it here. Because of this, because of this, we don't belong here. We're passing through. So it's good. It's good for real. Like, it's all wonderful. But don't love it. When a scuba diver goes into the ocean, deep sea diving, they have their oxygen tank as they go explore this underwater realm. The truth is that they don't, they don't belong there like the fish. And so they got their oxygen tank so they can go explore and enjoy the fish and the coral and, and to see things they don't normally see. And it's wonderful. But they have to stay connected to their oxygen or else they'll die there. And when they lose connection to their oxygen, it don't matter they got the best suit on. It don't matter they got goggles made by Maui who? Okay, Mui Mui. How do y'all know this? Maui Jim? How do you know? Just kidding. Maui Jim. First time I heard about today was in Fancy Lathrop. Maui Jim. Might have the goggles from Maui Jim, but if you're not connected to your oxygen, it don't matter. It doesn't matter that it was a big, fancy boat that got you out there. If you're not connected to the oxygen, you're freaking out and you're dying. We used to sing a song, You are the air I breathe. You are the air I breathe. When we lose connection to God, it don't matter anything else. He is your oxygen. He keeps us from dying. We don't belong here. We're on our way somewhere else. Enjoy the ride and do your good works and be the salt and light, but stay connected to the oxygen. He is your oxygen. In him, Paul said, we live and move and have our being. Outside of him, we die. Are you with me? So he says, stay dependent. I love it when, when uh, the uh, it, retirement fund grows and the promotions. I love it because more resources means more power to do good. And the higher you go in your company means the more influence you can have for Jesus with your work. You can, you'll handle crises with a plum with calm, with wisdom, and they're going to see it. And they're going to say, how do you stay so cool? And you're going to be able to say, because I'm connected to God. I met with God this morning. He got me ready. I read my word. That's why. You're going to be salt and light in the best places, the highest places, but never grow independent. We ain't never made it. We're on our way somewhere else. I'm going to go quickly. We're to to be spirit-led. We're to be useful. We're to be dependent. And we are to be fully committed. Someone say fully committed. Fully committed. He says to the church, I counsel you to buy. Someone say buy. buy. Buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can what? Become rich and white clothes to wear so you can, com- you can cover your shameful nakedness and buy for me salve to put on your eyes why so you can so you can see he says you got to be fully committed you, you 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 buy things you wear What you can buy in the marketplace. You invest in your city. You enjoy the riches, he tells the the Laodiceans. You're enjoying these things, that's fine. But what you most desperately need, only I can give you. Only I can give you. Jesus puts it this way. He tells a parable of a man who was walking through a field. He happens to notice something. He starts to excavate a little bit. There's a treasure that's been buried in this field. He covers it back up. He goes, sells all he has and buys the dirt. Why? Because in the dirt is treasure. He knew that what he was giving up was nothing compared to what he would get. Are you with me? Now I want to tell you something. Salvation is free. Free. It's a gift. Growth is a sacrifice. Growth is sacrifice. Salvation free. You can never earn it. But you wanna grow. You wanna be effective. You wanna learn to fix your heart, to have your heart fixed and your your face fixed and your work fixed and your temper fixed. Be a better wife, be a better husband. That takes sacrifice. Jesus says it here buy from me. Buy from me gold. Buy from me a wardrobe. Buy from me medicine. Cost you something. I thought everything at church was free. The coffee. <laughs> Salvation. Your growth? No way. Jesus said, take up your cross. He didn't say, join me in the resort. He said, take up your cross. Do you know what a cross is good for? Dying on, dying on. You don't like it? Take it up with Jesus. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. Mm -mm. Costs you something? It costs you everything. But are we the man who found the treasure or not? Did we did did what we discover in the dirt only as good as what we have already? Is it it only a competitor to what um, opportunity might afford you in work, in business? Or is it worth everything? It costs us something. It costs us everything. He He says, you think you're good, but you're not there yet. But I have it for you. I have it for you. You just have to be fully committed. All in. In it to win it. You know what I'm talking about? Fully committed to him. And I'll end with this. The effective Christian finally remains close to God. Remains close to God. Now, you might say, well, well, duh, yeah, duh. When was the last time you prayed? Don't, don't answer. Hold <laughs> well, duh, yeah, stay close. Yeah, when was the last time you actually, you know, got in your word for more than, you know, two days in a row? It's not, like, we know this, but do we do it? Right? And all of us have not done it lots of times, okay? Not pointing fingers, but let's, let's not pretend. Let's not pretend like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, stay close to God. This takes intentionality. This takes discipline. This takes focus. This takes sacrifice. This takes effort. It might mean getting up 30 minutes earlier. It might mean staying up 30 minutes later. It might mean turning off the TV, putting your phone down. But it's not like it just automatically happens. This is what he says. He says, to those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Everyone likes this verse, right? We weren't sure about the other ones, but we like this one. He says, here I am. Someone say, here I am. am. That's what he says to you right now. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person. And that person will eat with me. He says, if you open the door, I'm to get close to you. He's calling right now. He's calling right now. He's saying, listen to the man. Listen to the man. When I was um, growing up, my parents are here, by the way. Can we just acknowledge Pastor Lee and Marty. They are heroes, heroes of the faith. Yes, they also served here for 10 years at Thrive, and they've, they've won thousands to Christ. There are, there are probably 60 ministers that were raised in their churches alone that are pastoring now. But when, when I was little, we'd have some company over, and, uh, And let me tell you, the house is never cleaner than when you invite people over. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness up in there? Especially old school. Old school when I was a kid. That was back in when they didn't have remote controls. I was the remote control. We had six channels. That's it, right? And it was like, whenever someone come over, you got to get everything ready. And we're going to vacuum. And we're going to clean. And we're going to wash the windows. And we're going to cut the grass. We're going to do it all, right? Get the good the good plates out not the paper plates the good plates right and the glasses not the solo cups the glasses, right and then you were like ready you take a shower you're ready because you're having someone come and then what you did is you walked them in and they sat down at your table and the kids would make sure would you like some water would you like something to drink all of a sudden we were the s- servants and back then the adults ate first do you remember that if there's something left, you'll get some. No, just kidding. They always make sure the kids ate. But the guests would sit down. We would bring the water. And then we always made sure they ate a lot before we really, we got more, right? Because this was something sacred. It was special. Now I don't know nowadays we even do that. Like we're always eating on the run. And the, sometimes the kids eat in their room. Get them out of the room. Get them at the table. Get them at the table. You no, know, I know they like little hamsters with, in the t- it, but get them out get them out there we don't do it enough like we used to but, but in the day it was sacred the idea of sharing your food now during biblical times it was all different, agriculture, you grew it you traded for it you had to produce something to exchange for it earn some, some money to buy it, it was like, like, like there was no refrigeration like you, you, it was a different world so to share your bread was significant they were guests of honor can you imagine the highest guest of honor saying I will eat with you I mean we treated the neighbor like a superstar because out of respect but imagine the God of the universe saying I want to come and eat with you you'd be like i my house will never be ready enough i can never get it clean enough i can never get it orderly enough i don't want the the god of the universe the, the 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 like the one and only to come and notice any little speck he said just open the door just open the door He says, I've I've seen the tumbleweeds. I've seen the dust bunnies. I heard what you said. I still want to come and eat with you. All you got to do is open the door. The effective Christian stays close to God. The effective Christian never loses his or her awe that the God of the universe will eat breakfast breakfast with you every morning. The God of the universe can be the last person you talk to at night. Remember when you were dating, you'd be like, you hang up. No, you hang up. Remember that? How many remember? Remember that? right? And we had the long cords back in the day. All the way. You had no cell phones. I didn't get a cell phone until I was paying taxes. But you'd be laying there all sleepy. You, You, you hang up. You don't want to be first. You don't want to hang up first. You know, you just all, with the phone. Right, right? Imagine you can do that with God. I love you. I love you. The last one. God of the universe. Who saw you mess up already, He forgave you. Knows that you're not consistent yet. He loves you. Because you keep committed. You're staying dependent. You're staying close to Him. I'd like you to stand to your feet. With every head bowed, and I closed just for a moment. I've been talking for a little while, and, and there could be one, two, ten people here today with every head bowed, no one looking around. It would say, "Man, Pastor Eric, like, I am not there. I have not made that kind of commitment to God. God to me is like a part of my tradition, maybe a part of my culture. I'm here because I believe there is a God. And, and, and at times I've thought very seriously about Him, but I've never like made Him my everything. Like you're talking, Pastor Rick, you're talking about Him being my everything. Talking about selling all I have, like going all in. To have him in my life, giving up everything for him. Like, I've never thought about that. But I, I think I need that. Maybe you would say today, Pastor Eric, I need that. I need God, not like an an ornament on my mantle. I need him to be my God. My, not my Savior, my Healer and my Lord I need Him to give me direction because I keep hurting myself and I even hurt other people and I'm past that I'm so tired of that and I've tried all kinds of things to be better I need God with every head bowed eye, and eye closed no one looking around If you would say, yes, Pastor, I want to give God my life. I want to make him number one. And I don't know even really all what that means, but I want that. I want that. And I want to learn how to do that. I'm ready to give God my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can see it. God bless you. All over, all over. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much for hearing the spirit. You are being spirit led right now so great. Thank you. You can put all those hands down. And what we're going to do is I'm going to pray with you a prayer. You're going to repeat this prayer after me. Inviting God to be God in your life. And and I want you to know that from this day on you don't have to do any of this alone. Because you're not even going to pray alone. This room is full. Everybody else in this room prayed this prayer before. They've that they've made this decision before. And so they're going to pray with you. Because now you're not going to do life alone. Now you don't have to do life alone. Now you're going to have people that can pray with you. That can encourage you. That can study God's word with you. There are people here that are are going to help serve other people with you. There are people here that are going to hear your story and say, I've been there. You're going to make it. God's going to lead you. Let me share with you what he showed me. You don't have to do it alone. So I'm going to invite all those who raise their hands and everyone else to join in and pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I know I need you. I confess I'm a sinner. But I believe you died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. So I ask you today to come into my heart and wash my sin away and help me from this day forward to follow you. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you celebrate family? There were dozens of people that raise their hand. Yes. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. And if you made that commitment today, before you leave, fill out a connect card during the seats. Turn it in. We they, Thrive wants to help you in your walk. Now, can I pray one more prayer over the Thrive Church family? Go ahead and lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Lord God, I bless this house. Thank you God that it is not the church of Laodicea but we will learn from that church. I thank you that your hand is on this house, Lord, from beginning to end. I thank you, Father, for every soul, every life that has come to know you, come to in this place, come to be fed in this place, come to be served in this place and has come to serve through this place. Father, I pray that you would keep us committed, keep us connected, I pray you would keep us healthy. We rebuke the devil who'd want to make it all about us. Lord, I rebuke the enemy who'd want to distract us with ourselves. Lord, let us, our eyes be fixed on you. And let our eyes be looking for the good of others. Holy Spirit, fill us with power. Fill us with faith. Keep us on the narrow road. Let us raise a generation behind us that fears the Lord and loves you. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, the Thrive family
1: says, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's just give it up for Pastor Eric Baca. Come on. Man, what a word. Family, I really pray that we would take that word in. I believe that that's the word we need. And so many ways he doesn't even know this but so many ways of what we are believing for god to do this fall and as we get ready for the new year and so pastor Sherry, thank you we love you so grateful for you and all you've done for us and continue to do and so family i just want to challenge you real quick if that word resonated with you part of that word was being effective getting in the game so everybody say growth track Growth track is how you get in the game here. If you haven't already, if you want to make this church your home church, get plugged in. There's one thing to visit and be a a, a visiting family member. It's another thing to be a family member that does life here. And we want to call you to that. And so growth track is once a month. It's going to be happening in the beginning of November. We do it every month. Sign up today in the lobby or online. Does that sound good? All right. Love you all. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Invite a friend next week. We'll see you soon.
0: Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a
1: blessed day and blessed week.